Ladies and gentlemen, we're live. Welcome to another episode of Wednesdays with Wheels. How's everybody doing tonight? The man that I have with me tonight, the man, the myth, the legend, needs no introduction, but I'm going to do it anyway. He's had a long career in, in Rochester radio. Brother Wheeze, welcome to Wednesdays with Wheels. I made it. I'm on Wednesdays with Wheels. I got my Wheels t-shirt rocking. I have my favorite glass of tequila. Where'd I get that glass, Wheels? My mom made that for you. It was a Christmas gift. Beautiful. Always hold a bunch of good. This is pure, complicated tequila. Complicated, your favorite tequila. Yeah. And I, let me show you something. Okay. He's going to show us something. Yeah, for you, look, it's empty. This is the last of my Veda to share with Wheels. Beautiful. I love it. Wheels, so one of the first things I want to ask you about is I'm, you're in Florida. And we know that Florida has, has lightened their restrictions a little bit. I think I heard you say on your radio show the other day, you had reservations for a restaurant? Well, yeah, that's what happened. Friday, we had reservations with the Nuchatellis and the Donahues up in Boca Raton. But I chickened out. I didn't go. I'm you trying to, I, I'm old. I have other I have the cancer, the radiation. I got all kinds of issues. I didn't feel like taking a shot yet. And I want you to know, for the people that, you know, all the people that are hating Cuomo, and it's the same fucking thing where we are, Wheels, you know where we are in Fort Lauderdale. You're as open as we are right. in Rochester. So it's, only in, so it's only in certain parts of Florida that you can, that you can go out to a restaurant. Florida is different from the top to the bottom. Uh, it's up to the mayors and all that shit. We're the last ones to, I mean, with the beach isn't even open. The beach, and talking about Cuomo, the beach in Long Island is fucking open. Our beach is fucking closed, and they have guys patrolling the beach yeah. to throw you in case you take a shot. Yeah, I, I don't know why you would, but I'm sure there's people out there doing it. There are not hardly any, though. And they don't go on the beach. They go swimming, but it, there's no one sitting on the beach. And that the beach is miles and miles long. Okay. Well, now, I want to talk to you, because you've had such a great career in radio and it's still going strong today. One of the questions I had for you was, do you remember back to the first time you you stepped on the airwaves? Do you remember that day? Oh, absolutely. What was that? What was the, what was so? What was going through Young Weez's mind? Well, you got to understand, the first time I was ever on the air was when I was still a concert promoter, and we were do. I can't remember what show it was. We're, I, we were doing a show. At what's now the Harrow East sold out show. I'd been working since seven in the morning. And Trip, my, the, my godfather to radio, who was sent here from Philadelphia to run WCMF, Trip uh, used to come to all the shows because we advertised all the shows on his radio station and we became friends. And one night he said to me, Have you ever wanted to be on the radio? I said, who the fuck doesn't want to be on the radio? I, I, it was never going to happen. 
So he says, can you go in tonight at 2 in the morning and do the 2 to 6? I go, I, I, I don't fucking know how to push the buttons. I don't have any idea how to do it. And he says, I got a college girl in there that'll push all the buttons and all the shit. You just talk and pick out the music. And that's the first night I was did ever did it. Did you, so the after that first night, did you have the bug where you like, I love this and I really want to keep doing it? Well, it was nothing but fun. I mean, back then we were get, doing drugs, drinking, 2 to 6 a.m. That's And not only that, we were allowed to pick our own fucking music. That's on, there's nowhere, except on the Billy DeTore show, nowhere that you're listening to the radio, uh, real radio, uh, that you pick your own shit. And when, so we, talk, I, I know a little bit about it, but I don't know, I don't know a lot about it. It's, it that all changed when the payola scandal happened, right? Yeah. That the, how, so how did, like, explain to some of the viewers that might not know a little bit about that. Like, how did that change the music? And Because at one point they were, like, paying you to play their records, right? Well, not all of them. Every now and then. By the time I... What, Wheels? You just tapped out. There's no more audio. I wasn't I asking lost. you. I wasn't asking you a question, but I was letting you answer. Oh, I was looking at the delayed picture. That's pretty weird. Uh, by the time I got on the air, the big payola thing was over. But during my tenure in those days, the guys that were pushing the music would, you know, bring cocaine. They would, you know, do this and that. But they. It wasn't really happening. It's not like any kind of big scandal. They were. It was more important to play the right music, to try to win. And back then, it was one station. There were two rock stations in Rochester. And this is early. So it was very important to win. And it was about the music. So how has your... You know, now there's quite a bit of an age difference between you and I, but you and I have become very close. How is your, I started listening to you back when I was about 18 years old. Okay. How has your show evolved over the years? <laughs> well, it, the, the whole thing was when I, first, when they gave me the morning show, you know, I did overnights for a while and then I did, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. That was my favorite shift, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. I used to have bars set me up all the drinks because I could get there. Like, I would leave early, put a record on, get there at 2. I'd have four or five drinks waiting because it was legal to stay in the joint. You know, back then, that's it was just a bunch of fun. But when they offered me the morning show, which was a miracle, I still didn't know what the fuck was going on. And then, you know, I was the worst. So, but I came on and I was so different. Uh, and I didn't know how to do anything. I had a news chick and I had a sports guy, Dave Coombs, who was a professional soccer player. And uh, I ended up making him a sidekick on my own. And we just moved ahead. A big thing that happened to me was one of my station owners at the time, 
Stoner, believe it or not, Stoner Broadcasting, Glenn Bell, Boogie Bell, came to Rochester, sat down with me, and he gave me a diagram on how to do two bits an hour and then flip them and blah, blah, blah. It started giving me a little structure. Then, as my show got more popular, more popular, more popular, once I started doing the comedians, which was a couple of years in, once I started getting the comedians and shit, game over because I was early. I was earlier than Sam Kin than 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 Howard with the comedians because Sam Kinison, who would spend a week at a time on my show when he was when he was uh, doing programs in uh, Buffalo and Syracuse, he would do uh, every day on my show and he would do phone interviews in Buffalo and Syracuse, make me look like the dude. And I let everything go. Back then, when comedians would go on radio shows, they were going on top 40 shows. They didn't have shows like I did. There was only a couple in the country. And when the, and on top 40 shows, all the comedians used to say, these assholes want two quick hits, do your comedy. They tried to be funnier. But when they came on my show, they stayed all morning. We bonded and no fake shit. And they loved it. And it, it, I became good friends with a lot of major comedians. I had Seinfeld in the studio, Jay Leno, David Spade. I can't remember half of them. Adam Sandler, that's in the day. So that was a big deal. You know, we people say to me all the time, because uh, obviously I'm on your show every Friday, and they'll say to me all the time, is Weez the, the ones that have never really gotten a chance to sit down and talk with you? They'll say to me, is Weez really the same? Is he the same eyes off the air all the time? If you sit, like, for example, if you and I sit at a poker table together, it's the same stuff at the poker table that you hear on the radio show. I often explain to people that there is no on and off button with you. And that that's what makes your show so great is because you're as real as real can be. Well, In fact, you don't. People don't realize when you have no talent, which I do not have, I got no shit. It's this is it. That whatever you hear on that program, if 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 you think the program isn't as good as other programs, there's people that like all different kind of programs. But one thing right. I will be proud of, you cannot fuck with me is there's a lot of copycats but my show is unique because it's about us and that's it yeah there's no fakery right that doesn't make it good but it's what it is well you you build up quite a career here in rochester now i'm interested to know where did the you have a lot of what we call wheezisms like uh mother hucker and schmooky and the magooky and where did all of that come from? I just make that shit up. But what happened was, because I'm so against censorship, I think it is so fucking stupid that you can hear that word I just said on H on all over the TV, all over a different form of radio. You hear it everywhere. And I don't want to hear about kids. Fuck you. Kids have heard every goddamn word. They're listening to rap music that you don't hear on the radio that says everything, including the N-bombs. What are you worried? So when they do all this censorship, 
I had to make up words, which is just dumb. And I remember once my program director, Stan Main, he used to think it was funnier with my words than if I used the real ones. So who cares? I was going to say to you, I enjoy, I've listened to you on many different podcasts, including our good friend Opie, who has uh, the Opie Radio podcast, which if, if none of you have checked out, please, you should go over there and check that out. But I've heard you on Opie. Opie, and you, you're you're free to you know use the the um, say fuck and all those kind of things. And, and while I enjoy that, I love those wheezisms because that's what makes you you. Um, so that's that's you know that's great. And now you've got them on t-shirts and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, talk to me a little bit, Wheeze, about how has social media changed what you do Whew. social media is killing me i i heard a guy i heard a guy today on a political radio show saying it's the end of the world it's the end of everything it's going to kill everything uh if, if i wasn't on the radio because i have to keep up i am so off of that shit because the hate the politics but as far as radio is concerned Back in the day, if you wanted to fuck with the guy on the radio, you called in and we talked. But now people can text their ugliness. And I have a whole screen that unfortunately I get distracted by looking at of all kinds of texts that come in all during the show, which is pretty cool because you can address them. But I liked it a lot more when people had the balls to call up and have a discussion. And it makes for better radio. So that's the deal. What do you now, think? Well, you love social media. It's a good thing for you. But well, I, I, use, I use social media because it's it's a way for me to get my my voice out there. And and yeah, we've talked about this that uh, and and I and I've joined into that group now that every every dick in the world has a podcast, right? But. Oh, yeah. I, but I think a podcast is useful if you have something to say. I've listened to a lot of podcasts where people just go on and they, they just talk about random stuff and they're not really, there's really no content. I think if you can add content, a podcast is good. I don't think it'll ever replace radio full time. Well, a few shows, but that's a few out of millions. But in the meantime, by the way, Opie called me today. We had a long conversation. It's pretty funny that he called me today, and you know we commiserated on a lot of on a lot of shit. But the social media is uh, it's tough, man. There's so much. Everybody's a fucking genius. I know that it's also social media and, and the climate we live in now has also made it so you you steer away from some topics. I steer away like crazy. But today we had a couple little ones. I mean, this president is so fucking crazy. I'm trying to avoid it. But God, some of these things are just amazing. And so I play some audio from the late night shows. You know, Jimmy Kimmel, Colbert, Fallon, they all do bits about, you know, Right now, the, uh, I played a bit today about Fox News selling the Obamagate, which nobody still, I watched a press conference 
where uh, a journalist from a big newspaper asked Obama, uh, President Trump about that he said President Obama uh, is a criminal and he's going to be charged. And the guy said, can you please tell us the crime? And he couldn't answer. He can't answer. And this is wackadoodle. If he can answer, well, I'm in. But he can't. This whole shit is from another planet. Well, and he and he's all. This is also, and I, and I don't mind talking about this a little bit on 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 here. This is also our the, our president who um, uh, is just had a meeting with some business owners and was talking about how he's taking the hydrochlorodone or what, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, and uh, and uh, again, another reporter stood up and said, "Well, Mr. President, where do you get your information from that it's safe to take?" And he says, well, I get a lot of phone calls from people that tell me it's good. That's a president. I don't want to go into all that crap because the followers go nuts no matter what. Right. No matter what. I played a piece of audio today of a local TV station doing some news on one of those uh, open the door rallies. And here was a local guy, not Rochester, in Ohio somewhere. And the people were motherfuckering him, fake news, you're full of shit. They didn't, the guy was there to cover them. But this president has taught everybody, he's a fucking genius, I'll tell you that. I will tell you that Trump is a genius marketer. He knows how to play these people. And now he's got them all believing that any news about him that isn't good is fake. What is it? Say what it is. And meanwhile, they're beating up journalists now. And journalism is so important. It is so important to have journalism, to have a free country. Oy, 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 this is brutal. And take, take, brutal. Hey, take a sip of your tequila. Uh, you, you need a sip, I think, to calm, to calm, calm yourself down. I have to pitch. You might have heard me on the radio, maybe not. There's a documentary on HBO On Demand. Okay. I beg everybody watching this. It's called After Truth. You can find it in two seconds. After Truth. And it is the, uh, the, the terrible result of fake news. It's not the fake news those guys are talking about. It's really fake news. And it's, a doc- it's documented. You can't look at this and go, somebody made this shit up. It's all right there with the people, the whole thing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, See it. It's, it's, it's a scary world we're living in because of the virus and because of our, our the, just the temperature of our politics, right? You can't even have a, con- I can't even have a conversation with someone without them calling me, uh, without them calling me some sort of derogatory name because of the side that I believe on. It's so sad. It's so bad. And it's, uh, you know, the country is as far apart as it's ever been. And you can blame whoever you want to blame, but it's still bad. It's a terrible thing. There's families, there's all kinds of people. And there's a lot of thoughts about the future does not look bright. There's many, many, many people, including me, that think and, uh, if Trump loses this election, he won't leave. He's going to definitely say it was rigged. 
and a million other things. He said it was rigged before he won because he was ready to lose because the polls went that way. And he did lose by many, many million votes, but he won with the Electoral College. But he already had everybody ready that it was rigged. And he'll definitely do it. It's, it's just ugly and scary. Very it scary. It is. We talk to me about let's people always want to and we can do it here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about poker because people are always saying to me, you guys, first of all, the first thing they ask me is, how did you meet Weez? So let me, I'll just give a quick synopsis of how you and I met. The very first time you and I met, I don't think, you, I don't, you don't necessarily remember this, but I met you at a party in the park. You had the uh, CMF bus at the time, the big bus that you used to. And I remember Doreen was sitting up on top of the bus. I remember. You were were walking around greeting people. And my dad was a big listener of the Brother Wee show. And I had just started to tune in. So he said, let me take you over and I'll introduce you to Wee's. And uh, uh, so we went over and you were like, my call screener's out tomorrow, bro. You should come in and be my call screener. And I said, (laughs) I said, I'm not really good at the whole typing thing. He's, you were like, but that's all right. Just come in and hang out. So I came in and I hung out. I thought I was only going to be on the air for, you know, maybe 20 minutes. Turned out I was on for the whole show. And halfway, in, halfway into the show, you said to me, I'm never going to remember your name. So I'm just going to call you Wheels. <laughs> okay. Now you had gone to the Montreal Comedy Festival. The, very next week and you're in the lobby and this guy wheels in in a wheelchair and you said to him, I'm never going to remember your name. So I'm going to call you wheels. Well, that guy was trying to become a porn star. So all my friends are texting me saying, (laughs) are you trying to become a porn star? And are you in Montreal? So when I first met you, then fast forward about 10 years later, we're sitting at a, poker game together and we just we just started shooting the breeze and then we went out to dinner a couple times and you were like bro you're pretty funny why don't you come on the air and tell some of your stories and i always said tell people it's been a dream for me ever since but let me ask you this this brings up a great question what what do you see in certain people that you bring them on the air Anybody with any kind of personality and any uniqueness, you know, I would love to invite up if they if it's something they want to do for fun. I love inviting people up to have a little fun, and I got to make sure they're unique. Sometimes I have invited people up. Uh, other people who used to work with me will tell you they used to get scared. I've had some bad people in, bad people. Well, I do... <laughs> I do remember the first time I was on your your current radio show, and I do remember when I came up. It was we were at the we were on the roof doing a nine eleven thing, and I remember coming in and sort of some of the people that worked for you were kind of looking like, oh no, who's this guy? But but uh, it's really turned to you've changed my life in so many ways. I can't thank you enough. Um, my What's that? My pleasure. Hey, listen, you met Kenny. I got you. Got to say, 
Kenny McClure, great friend of ours, poker player, gambler, great football handicapper, died last Sunday at a young 60 years old, very tragic, quality homes of Rochester. We love Kenny. Rest in peace, my brother. Kenny, Kenny's a great, Kenny was a great dude. Uh, in fact, don't you have a quality homes tattoo? I do. So talk. let's talk a little bit about that and your charity. You have a charity. Tell us how that got started and what the thought process behind that was. Well, it's funny that you bring it up because I've mentioned it on the radio today because of Kenny. But it was Kenny and John Kruger from Hep Sales of North Bay Lumber during the 24-hour show that we used to do and bring clients in. At the time, we were doing this show for uh, Monroe Community Hospital, which is one of my pet charities. It's a hospital that always needs a little help. Strong Children's, Aguilasano always gets all the money. Uh, Monroe Community Hospital is a very tough place. You went there with me, Wheels, right? I did. We did. We went and saw Tom Turner and uh, another uh, fan of the show. I can't remember. What was the other gentleman's name we went His and saw? His name was Kenny, too. Okay, Kenny. But anyway, I was doing the show trying to make money for that hospital. And uh, John Kruger and, and Kenny said, would you get a tattoo of our businesses? I said, yeah, how much you want to pay? You know, if you're going to give money to the hospital, I'll do it. And uh, they both paid 4,000 bucks. The guy from Pace Windows and Doors, another 4,000. That's 12 grand cash. And I called, uh, I called Gooch from Physical Graffiti. He came to the studio. And if I knew how to show you the ink, I, I'll get Doreen in here because, you know, you never, they're, I'm going to show them to you, though. But I got Pace, uh, Quality Homes in Rochester, and Hep Sales. They're all around here somewhere. You, you know, you've done a lot of, a lot of unique things on the radio. Uh, that a lot of people have never done before. Uh, you, if I have this story correctly, and you could tell the, you could fill in the blanks, but you got a shot on the radio one time, right? Great story. It, it, it was a big hit at Morning Show Boot Camp when uh, Polly uh, had pictures. I uh, it, it vitalized medical center. They give shots for guys to get boners. These are shot. This is a forget, forget Cialis, forget Viagra. This shot is a hundred percent guaranteed. So to do them a favor, I said I'll take one of them shots in my dick on the radio. I guarantee you, I'm the only guy in America that's ever done this. And the fun part of it is, I'm doing it for a client. It's a great pitch to people that might ever want it. I wanted to show them that it doesn't, you know, that I'm not afraid of a shot in a dick. And uh, they came up, and that's when I was doing the show live till 11. At 10.30, Dr. Medeb gave me a shot in the dick. Uh, it takes a half an hour. So as, as I was getting a boner, I drove home. The boner was raging. Uh, me and Doreen did the water doodle. We banged and made love. And then we got the kids, loaded them up in the car to go to Soda's Point. Kids were in the back seat. My dick is dancing in my 
I got a tent and it's dancing. Doreen's laughing. The kids are in the back seat. We get to Soda's Point. Kids are playing. I'm up in the bedroom. My booby was still got a goddamn boner and I'm getting paranoid because it shouldn't last that long. Four hours and you're in trouble. It's called, a, I forgot, a priapism. So Doreen says, we'll do it again. You know, do the motherfucker. Do it right. again and, you know, it'll go away. Bang her again. Boner's still looking at me, bro. Boner's still looking at me and I'm getting paranoid. Did it again. Now I'm scared. Still got a boner. We're going on three and a half hours of a boner. I called Dr. McDevitt. I go, bro, you put too much shit in there, and I still got a boner. I'm getting paranoid. He says, uh, come on back to the office because they have a shot. It's an anecdote. Takes it right down. I go, I ain't driving all the fucking way from Soda's Point back into the city for a shot in the smoke. He says, all right, go to um, Newark. He has an office in Newark. I go, I ain't going to Newark either. So he says, go get some Benadryl. And I'm trying to remember Benadryl. And I have to ask my publicist out there. Oh, and ice the schmook. Ice it in Benadryl. So I got the best. She went down to the little convenience store, got me Benadryl. I pounded some Benadryl, put ice on the schmook. And I was never so happy to lose a boner when that bitch went down. And the funny part was, during the boner situation, I put a bunch of towels on my boner. You probably never did that, Wheels. No, I've never done that. We used to do it in the Army and shit for jokes. You would get a boner, and then we could see whose boner would hold more towels. Right. So I put a bunch of towels on the dick, and we took a picture, and Polly showed it at morning show boot camp. Everyone howled. But anyways, uh, it was a joyous moment when I lost that wood. I mean, for the, first, for the first two hours, two and a half hours, it had to be great, right? Yeah, maybe an hour and a half, a deuce at the most. Right. You know, I mean, I could get boners. I was just demonstrating. I don't need that fucking thing. <laughs> right, right. You were, and was that, was that part of the reason why it hung on for so long? Because... You didn't really need it? Well, you know, when I talked to my girl over there now, he, the guy put too much shit in it. He wanted me to come in for a test run right. before we did it on the radio. I said, I ain't letting you give me two shots in the dick. Just give me enough. I don't want to, I don't want to come in for a test run. And that was a mistake because he put Please too much. Talk to me a little bit about... Uh, some of your favorite people that you've had on the radio. I know Sam Kinison being one of them. You you often credit uh, the the a big part of your career to Sam. Sam was the I got the worst tattoo. This is a Joe T fucked this up. It looks like Roseanne Barr, but I got that when Sam died. It's a bad piece. By the way, my booby is doing yoga. You want to see the booby doing yoga? Sure, show us show us a little bit of the booby doing yoga. Hold on, let me see if you can see it. Oh, look at that. I think she's doing the downward dog. Can you see it? Yeah, look at that. <laughs> she does that goddamn yoga 
sometimes two, three times a day. She used to go, and I'm a slug. But anyway, uh, I met so many people, Wheels, and you know my memory's fucked. Uh, that I forget half of them, but Adam Sandler, Jay Leno, Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, of course, Sam was the most important. And through Sam, Jimmy Schubert, who was, an, that's where I met Schubert. Shub was an outlaw of comedy. Shuby was in Sam Kennison's crew. So that's where I met Shuby. And Shuby, I'm going to see if I can get you on the bill. You know about the act, bro? Yeah, he's coming to comedy at the Carlson. He's doing a, a parking lot. Uh, uh, Shuby is doing a parking lot deal two weekends from now. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to see if I can get you on that. There you go. That would be great. So, would you do it? Absolutely, I would love to. That would be fun, especially because when we'll, we'll, we'll say this, they're doing everything. Comedy the Carlson's doing a great job. Uh, for those of you that are listening, you're going to be listening to this podcast. This podcast is done in Rochester, New York, and Comedy the Carlson is our local comedy club run by uh, Mark Impolito. But they're doing a great job, Wheeze, in transferring, sort of transitioning from comedy to now they're doing a whole bunch of different things they're doing concerts and and they've really done a great job in the transition let me wish gene donahue a happy birthday happy birthday genie you know he's a good friend of mine happy birthday to genie uh so sam talk tell me a little bit more about sam because sam used to do other interviews in your studio yeah he would do buffalo in Syracuse, and it meant so much to me because I was fresh. And Buffalo and Syracuse is a big deal. And the fact that he was in my fucking studio playing Buffalo that night, and the DJ in Buffalo had to talk to him live on my show, that just elevated my shit, right, bro? Right. It makes you, brings your profile up. True. Yeah. Have you seen any good hate texts? No, not really. We're getting we're getting a bunch of love here. Everybody loves the wheeze. Uh, they want so let's let's transition into our favorite pastime wheeze, which is playing poker. Let me Play tell you, bro. So uh, you and I like to go to Del Lago uh, Resort and Casino. When they're open, we we make we often make the trip on a Friday after the show. Yeah, uh, talk to me a little bit about what what you love about the game and how you fell in love with the game. I can't. Well, my family were gamblers. I've been a card player my whole life, and I'm a million years old. But once the poker scene broke out, when it did, you know, we got right in. And I, I like the social, this game hold'em is so perfect. Ten guys at a table, the perfect poker game, and there's skill involved. And I have to tell you, Wheels, I came in second in the uh, afternoon tournament today. I've right. been winning turn, Bro, you can't believe. So let me tell you a bad beat that you'll get a kick out of. Just All you. Right. I don't know if the other, there's so many. But you know your boy, Joe T. I yes, and you know the motherfucker. Every time he loses, he calls everybody a monkey. Everybody's a fucking monkey, right? <laughs> He'll tell me about a hand that he lost 
when he had bigger cars and some monkey called and beat him. Well, two nights ago, I'm in the deep stack tournament and I've been grinding my ass off. Wheels, I'm telling you, I've never been playing so good. I am doing great in these tournaments. So I get down, I get down to, we're at the bubble already. Hear me, Wheels? We're at the bubble and T is in. And I'm the only guy in the room that knows how he plays. He plays, if you know the motherfucker, it's a piece of cake because he plays tight as shit, as you know. Tight as shit. But once he makes it to a certain place, and he's always the short stack wheels. Of he course. starts shoving every opportunity he can. Right. You know what I'm saying? I know. And nobody's calling. So check this out. There's only four of us in the room. That's the bubble. I end up. I get king queen suited, and I and I and I uh, I limp, right? Knowing uh-huh. because he's on the button, I know he's going to shove, and he shoves. You know what he had? What do you have? King five. I know he's a piece of shit. <laughs> but, but you know you know the rest of the story. Oh, you got bad beat. I'm not going to call it a bad beat, but I made such a great play, right, Wheels? I made such a great play. I lured him in. And you can't beat. When you got a hand like king queen versus one guy with right. king five, you only have to dodge a five. That's it. Every right. card in the deck is yours, except for one card of five. And there Pitch comes the five. five. So I get knocked out on the bubble, and I'm, I can't sleep. And I'm texting him, monkey, you're talking about fucking monkeys? And he knew he was a monkey, so he texted me, I'm a monkey, too. But uh, things have been going great. That's, that's awesome. Things have been going good for me, too. Talk. What do what do you think? I know you. I've been in Florida with you uh, several times, and every time I'm in Florida with you, we go to the casino and yeah. hang out and 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 get and it's not. We will say this: our trips to the casino in Florida are not as fun as our trips to the casino True. at Del Lago. True, uh, because we can shuck, as you say, shuck and jive a little bit more. Uh, we we. Uh, we uh, like to bust chops and, ha- you know, have a good time. What does, uh, first of all, none of the casino. Did you hear, uh, by the way, that Turning Stone is going to reopen? Yeah, but me and I don't know about you, but I can't do all that funny shit. Well, I didn't read the whole article. Why? Is there a lot of funny stuff? There's a ton of funny stuff. Gloves, masks, six feet, uh Oh, it's so much stuff. Every casino. Bro, I don't want to name any place, and I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But some joints are already open wheels. Oh, really? Yeah. Some some and just a guy, or actual casinos? No, local J's. Oh, well, yeah, I you, know about the local joints, yeah. Well, one joint that you like is going to have a small game on Tuesdays and Thursdays, bro. I'm not going, Weiss. Why not? I'm not taking the risk. Well, now when, I don't feel... I don't want to either. When I can sit on my phone and play right on my phone, and and I'm and I'm safe, and I... You know, because part of what some people might not know who are not gamblers at all 
is that when we're playing, we're playing with chips, right? And those chips are being passed around the table, you know, and they're they're in everybody's hands. And, yeah. and we didn't we didn't like the chips when there was no COVID. Right, right. We didn't even like them then. Right. By the but, way, I have a whole bunch of chips in my backpack. I should get them out. I got a whole bunch of chips from the casino we go to here, the aisles. I'm pretty sure I'm fucked until next year. Have you heard anything from them as to when, when they might? Hell no. And they're a, they're a government casino. And Hard Rock and a bunch of other ones, they're Indian casinos. And they'll open up way before the government casino where I right. go. Right. Well, the World Series of Poker has been canceled. I uh, was going. You were going. I know you were going to play in the seniors event again, right? Yeah. yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, scary, but it's also, uh, you know, I, I said to somebody today, just sit and be, just be still and just do what, what we're being asked to do and everything eventually will be. We'll be able to go out and, and do what we need to do, right? But until then, what are you going to do? I like your little logo up there, Wheels. It looks great. By the way, let me tell you, we have a new – so you're wearing the old Rolling with Wheels uh, T-shirt. We ha I have a new store, Wheeze, where I have Wednesdays with Wheels T-shirts, and I have a hat and, and the, whole, uh, the whole kit and caboodle. You got a fucking hat? I got a hat. I got to get it. Where do you go? Uh, the link is on my Facebook page, and I will post it again at the top of my Facebook page. I'll actually post it in this description when we're done here. Well, I'm going to buy me a hat. Yeah. Um, my friends over at uh, Journey Sportswear did them for me, and uh, so thank them very much. We Just a couple other things I want to touch on with you before I – I let you go, and maybe you'll be able to late register into that tournament. Uh, I want you to tell. Oh, there's Doreen doing more yoga. She, well, she's doing. This is going. Go ahead, bro. Uh, how often does she do that? About three or four times a day. Well, well, you know, there are forty-five minute classes. She does a minimum two a day, morning and evening. I'm I'm getting tired just watching her. <laughs> From a distance. Uh, I want you to talk about, you had touched on when we started talking about gambling, you had touched about on how about your 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 family was big gamblers. And yeah. I know there's a, there's a story uh, about, uh, that you've told many times on the air, so I don't think you're going to have a problem telling it here. Uh, your father was a gambler, and uh, you... Uh, you Somebody kidnapped you? Is that do I have that right? Yeah, that's been that's uh, I've even had the guy to kidnap me in studio, Benny Morganti. He even has a book out. He's a big time dancer. He kidnapped me, but that was about nineteen seventy six at gunpoint. Long story, I don't feel like telling it now. It's been on the air. Benny wrote a book, all kind of shit. He was trying no. to get to my dad. Now, what did what kind of what kind of stuff did your dad like to gamble on? What was his what was his vice? He gambled on everything. He also went on junkets to Vegas regular. That was back in the day. 
He bet all football. He w- he went to the track regular and bet at the track. Uh, and he played cards. What more? He got everything. He was a gambler. They used to have yeah. games at my house when I was a little boy. And were were you sitting on his knee watching? Is that where you where you? No, they used to let me. They actually fucking played blackjack, which is pretty weird. But they when I was like ten or twelve, they would let me play ten minutes so because I wouldn't go to bed. But they let me play ten minutes. Now yeah. I know you have. I know you have a big milestone coming up in your life. You're going to be a grandfather. How excited are you about that? Man, this is such an unbelievable fucking year with the COVID, which is something none of us have lived through. But at my age, I'm going to be a grandfather in a few weeks. First time, first time. Abby Rose is having a, pa- a package uh, in a couple weeks. Then Jake is getting married, Satchel Jacob, on August 28th. This is a lot of action. A lot of action. A lot of action. Please, one of the other questions you get asked all the time is, will you ever write a book of all the stories that you – have you ever thought about that, and will that ever happen? Well, the thing is, Marshall Fine, he's, a, he's actually an author. You can look him up. He has actually been hired to write books. He wrote, uh, I don't know who's listening, will ever know who these people are, but he wrote the biography of Sam Peckinpah, great film director of violent movies. Harvey Keitel, he was hired for those. He wrote the Howard Stern interview in Playboy magazine about 20 fucking years ago. But he's been wanting to write the book. I'm just, I just, I I need Billy to tour to remind. All I got to do is be reminded. Like, I don't remember meeting you, Wheels, but once you say it, then I can get, my brain can fill up. And I'll tell you something, people make fun of old people whose memories aren't great. Besides all my marijuana action, you know, in the day, you know, the longer you live, the more shit you did. And you can only hold so much stuff in your head. So as you go through, there's a lot of action. And when people can remind me of a anything i got stories i got humongous stories and before we go because you asked me some of my favorite guests i didn't mention kevin meany we loved richie shiner a few musicians even stitch metcalf uh, a great hammer hockey player used to be a regular we used to have certain regulars over the years i had a lot of naked women up I did comedians on every week for 30 goddamn years. Yeah. So there was, I mean, at the beginning, they were big timers, but that, you know, now they were open micers when those guys were big time. It's funny that you, it's funny that you bring up Stitch Metcalf because I am a, you know me, I'm a huge hockey fan. So I reached out to our good friend, Vinny Pizzo. And I said, Vinny, I've got this podcast that I'm doing. And he said, yeah, I love it. It's good stuff. I said, do you have any hockey players you could, you know, kind of funnel my way so that I could have on the podcast? And uh, Stitch Stitch is going to come on the podcast and we're going to sit down for an hour and talk about hockey and his career and, and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be fun. Listen, Weez, we're almost at an hour, so I'm going to let you go because maybe you'll be able to late register into that tournament. Uh, but I just want to thank you so much for everything you've done for me. 
Can I also give you props? I just want to say this. As a guy that has been doing this little podcast for a couple months now, and it's no level to where you are, but to have a, to do an interview is very diff to fill time can be very difficult. I laugh all the time when people say, Oh, I could do radio, it's easy. All you gotta do is talk. Better radio is done when you listen more than you talk. And I think that's what you're so good at. Oh yeah, well you you're pretty fucking good yourself, bro, Wheels. I'm proud of you. Thank you, my friend, and thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. I love you, and I can't wait till I'm back in studio with you. Love you, Wheels. Thank you for looking. I'll see you later, brother. Love you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Brother Weez, Alan Levin, Rochester Radio legend, and still going strong. We're going to take him out of the stream so that he can he can go. Uh, so we'll remove him. I, I hope that you you uh, folks uh, enjoyed that interview. I enjoyed it. Uh, we talked about some stories that you've heard, obviously. But, you know, with Weez, he's, he, there is no filter with Weez, as you can see by this interview and many other interviews that he's done. He just is who he is, and he's changed my life in so many ways and, and can't thank him enough for sitting down with me for the last uh, uh, almost hour here and and uh, having a conversation, and uh, we appreciate that. So thank you, Brother Weez. couple things to look out for. On the next episode of Wednesdays with Wheels, we will be sitting down with St. John Fisher basketball coach Mike Grossadonia will talk about um, his career and will also talk about uh, um, what he thinks uh, college basketball is going to look like in the future. Um, the week after that, we're going to have Stitch Scott Metcalf uh, join us on Wednesdays with Wheels. That's going to be a, a that's sort of going to be a fanboy moment for me. Uh, I'm a huge hockey fan, so to be able to sit down with one of the guys that I sort of uh, got to watch growing up as a as a child is going to be great. I'm sure he can tell us some great stories from the locker room. Um, so that's coming up. And then we've got a lot of great things coming up uh, down the line. Eventually, this podcast will just turn into audio only. Um but we're doing video right now because we're all stuck at home and it's something to watch. So eventually it will turn into audio only. Um, the other thing, if you want some Wednesdays with Wheels merchandise, uh, the link is on my uh, Facebook page um, and uh, so on all social media uh, outlets, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Go take a look at the merchandise if there's anything you want to buy. I appreciate it. I thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you guys again real soon. Love you all. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>